Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade. Hello, welcome to episode 36 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today on my podcast, I want to talk to you guys about the difference between positional-based dispute resolution and interests-based dispute resolution. And this might sound like a magic fairy dust type topic, but it's actually really important. It presents very commonly in the construction industry that when a dispute unfolds, the parties get very righteous. Um, And the builder will often have their own position on why they're in the right And the subcontractor will take a position on why they're in the right. And sometimes people can get at loggerheads and not see the forest for the trees in terms of making a good resolution. Now, as many of you know, I used to work for a builder who was quite adversarial. They used to have a lot of fights. And if any of the subcontractors picked a fight or pushed back substantially, they would take a really hard line position on the principle of it. And so many times early in my career, I would have people say to me, look, it's about the principle of it. And over the years, I've come to realize how expensive it is for anybody to be told that they are right based on the principle of it. So the path for you to actually get a decision from somebody with authority to tell you that you are right on the principle of it is actually the most expensive path to a resolution that you can take and you're most likely to burn the most bridges along the way. So what I would like to do in this podcast, if you're listening to this and you're thinking that sometimes you do get caught up in those types of thought patterns, is I want to relate it back to being in business. And you wouldn't make business decisions based on emotional sort of factors, would you? You would look at all of the criteria or all of the issues at hand and you would make, hopefully, a well-informed, well-balanced, good, reasonable commercial decision. But for some reason, when disputes unfold, I think it's the conflict element that really triggers our emotions to get on the boil. And it can be hard to look past that and go, right, what is an actual, rational, good judgment, uh, objective decision here? for a good outcome for everyone. And I think the reason that people overlook it so often when it comes to, particularly if you're not being paid by a builder, um, we do adopt a, a victim mentality. And I'm not saying you're not a victim in that situation. If you're not being paid and hand on heart, you've done the right thing, then you are a victim. But you have got a commercial set of circumstances in front of you. And the way in which you deal with it will be a cash minimization strategy. So if you've spent any time with me over the years, you would know this is one of my favorite things to say to people. It is a statistical likelihood of being in business that you will end up in dispute. It's like crossing the road. 
you can cross the road 100 times and there is a certain number of times that you cross the road that you will have to wait for a car or you might likely get hit by a car or you might have to run to get out of the way of a car. It's just a mathematical equation based on the number of transactions you're doing in business. Now that's not to say that there's not variables that make it more likely or less likely that you're going to end up in a dispute. There are definitely variables that you can control that will keep you out of dispute, but sometimes the circumstances that lead to a dispute are outside of your control. And a good example is whether or not the builder's got the money to pay you in the first place. And if the builder doesn't have the money to pay you and it's a decision tree crisis situation financially in their camp, Now, if that's the situation that you're involved in, then there's not going to be a whole lot you can do to change those variables. And the variables that might have led to those statistics for you to actually come up um, with the equation or this is your um, this is your time to to be short paid based on the statistics of the number of transactions you're doing. The variables that led to that problem happened before you came along. So what can actually happen is where the parties get really on their high horse and dig their heels in and go, look, no, I'm not letting that person get away with anything at all. They're going to get their just desserts. This is not fair. And they take a moral high ground position. You're actually less likely to end up with money in your pocket. And the reason is because you will inevitably endure the dispute or the situation longer than you would if you looked at everything on a mathematical, uh, rational, business, commercial calculation basis and just went, you know what, I can get out of this situation, I cannot endure the length of time that this is going to be an issue for my business and I can cut a deal. But the reason we see most of those deals never happen is because one party who is the victim party, by the way, and rightly so, um, you know, there should be a officer of how things should be done and the moral police should come along and arrest the other party, but our life doesn't work that way. And we are in business. We're in what they call trade and commerce, which is a legal standard for when when two sophisticated business parties are working together, you're not working with a vulnerable party. And so the law considers that you're in the sandpit and you're going to have to pull your socks up and behave like big business people and understand that one in so many transactions is going to go bad. So the reason this is a hot topic for me right now is because the construction industry has seen such a roller coaster in the last two years. And we're at a point now where material price increases have really been a huge problem for any kind of subcontractor or builder who has been under a fixed price contract. Every single person I've spoken to has felt it in some way. And now when we're moving into a period where it's likely that the work's going to take a little bit of a dive, I'm not going to say it's going to dry up entirely, but everybody's aware that the the pipeline of work that was supposed to be ahead of us is not really ahead of us, particularly in the residential sector. And it's more likely that price competition is going to come into um, play again. And I don't think that subcontractors have had enough time making good margins with this heyday because it feels a little bit to me like the subbies have been the last to act in putting up their prices. And I was talking to my husband the other day and he was saying to me about 
the concern around bricklayers in the residential sector because a lot of our bricky companies are aging. It's a really difficult trade on your body and you really need to retire early anyway if you're a brickie because it ruins your body doing that kind of work. And they're all sort of saying, well, look, these brickies have been making so much money for the last few years. They're sitting on war chests of cash. Are they just going to retire now because nothing in the future looks positive? And I think it, there's a good possibility that we're going to have more turmoil moving forward. But a lot of people are a lot of subcontractors and a lot of builders are really a little bit um, suffering from some trauma from the last two years. Certainly their businesses have felt the pinch and it's been a really stressful, uncertain time. And everybody feels like, from what I've seen, my observation is that a lot of people feel like they haven't really gotten much out of this whole situation. It's not been the heyday that everybody thinks it was. And because the material prices have gone up so much and property prices have gone up so much, they sort of feel like they've missed the boat. And the principle of it in terms of disputes has been everybody's just a little bit pissed off and everybody seems to be really hanging on to, well, we should get, these are our dues, um, this is the principle of it. And there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of empathy towards builders and subcontractors from homeowners. I'm going to come right out and say that. I've, I mean, we take a lot of inquiries through the law firm and uh, it seems like, you know, the homeowners have gone through a really stressful time as well with not knowing if their builder's going to go broke. Some people have had builders go broke. They've had price increases tabled. Um, projects have been delayed. Land development's been delayed. People have had contracts pulled out from under their nose real estate purchase and sale has been so stressful that homeowners aren't really having a whole lot of empathy towards builders and subcontractors. And this has really um, been a ripple effect through the industry where everybody's so busy navel gazing at why they're the victim in a situation that nobody's really looking at the bigger picture and going, hey, guys, we've just survived a massive big upheaval in our industry. And nobody got it good. Everybody has had a tough time moving forward. Now, there have been some commercial builders who, as you know, I'm the first to out those guys in terms of unethical behaviour. Um, there have been some commercial builders that really haven't handled things well. But there have been some really, um, really good outcomes, I think, from the COVID upheaval. And we're seeing some tier high-end tier two slash tier one builders who have really rewritten their contracts into a much more fair and balanced contract um, situation. We're seeing principals who are coming to the party with cost plus contracts, giving big fat deposits to procure materials to lock down pricing. And in that sense, everybody who's decided that they're not giving up on the industry and that the industry is not broken and they're pulling their socks up to move forward have, I think, banded together in quite a good way um, I fully recognise that there are going to be some people listening to this who are thinking, this is not my experience, Michelle. I don't know what la-la land you're living in. But as a solicitor who works for developers and principals and subcontractors, I sort of see both ends of the contractual negotiations with builders. And I've been on the other side of negotiating tables with builders who are cutting deals with principals. And they are communicating 
the practical implications of unfair contract terms to their clients. And finally, we're starting to see it come out in the media as well. Um, There was a really interesting article uh, where I think it was Wiley came out and was talking about a cost plus contract having a 10% margin, which as a gross margin translates to a loss as a net margin on any accountant's sort of spreadsheet. And it was the first time I've seen a builder come out and speak openly about the struggles of the Australian standard contracts and how this myth of the 10% margin should be plenty is not actually cost effective at all. In fact, it's, um, it's basically working for free. So uh, I am heartened by the conversation that's come about, but it does take us to be the bigger person. And I'm talking to subcontractors when I say this because we're at the bottom of the food chain and nothing we do is going to change that. We, by the very nature of the way we contract, we are at the bottom of the hierarchy. And so from day one, there is this status quo where things are done to us, we are dictated to, terms are basically told to us and we can try to balance the playing field um, by negotiating our contract terms and having really good relationships that we know which strings to pull when. But at the end of the day, we have just, we're going to have an age old power imbalance to deal with. I know I use a lot of analogies with my children, but it's like when you've got, I've got two girls and one of them is two years older than the other one. The other one, the youngest one is a toddler at the moment. She's going through, I I won't say the swear word, it's not the terrible twos, it's the something or other threes. And our five-year-old is constantly the one where we're saying, hey, hey, no, let her, or chipping the five-year-old to toe the line so that the younger one will follow. And it's so unfair because she's usually not the one that's doing the wrong thing, but she has to lead by example. And that's sort of the situation we're in with builders is we do have to lead by example. We have to be the bigger person, not because we're squashed at the bottom of the food chain, but because it's actually smart. It's a smart play to be the bigger person and to get what we want and to use good negotiation and relationship tactics to manipulate somebody's behavior in your favor. And you're not being a bad bloke by doing that. You've just got commercial street smarts. So um, one of the things that I think is the biggest hiccup or speed bump to a subcontractor actually really harnessing those um, commercial street smarts is this the principle of it. I've got to be pig-headed because of the principle of it. Well, I, I just want to come right out and say, look, that is a huge roadblock to you having more money in the bank because you will waste your own time, your morale, your the other people in your business will get caught up in the drama of it. And if you take that righteous stance, it's not a good commercial, calculated, rational decision you're just getting led by your emotions. So this might be a little bit of a left of field podcast that I'm putting out there into the ether today. Um, But it seems to have been the theme for me for the last month of people who just want to fight for for the principle of it. And when we set out and explain to them what the fees involved in fighting for the principle of it and what the path to actually having somebody decide that your principle is correct over the other person, Um, very quickly usually they backpedal and go okay 
enough said thanks very much for being upfront and frank about that but that doesn't really seem like a good thing for us to do um, so the best advice I can give is that if you are in a situation like that um, just take five to think about it and if you've got a situation that you've come up with stumps and you don't know how to handle it drop me an email you can email me questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au um, and let me know what's going on and there's I've I've never denied somebody 10 minutes on the phone um, I wouldn't charge you for it to just mull over what your situation is usually I can set you on a good path forward in 10 minutes um, so if that's not a good enough invitation for you I don't know what I can possibly say to get you um, get you going in the right direction if you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies Toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the doggers farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing papers? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the tricks of your trade. Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.